<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. I was going to start singing something about summer, but I'm not sure how the song goes. And I would sound terrible doing it. I think I was going to sing summertime in the something. Um, welcome to episode eight of I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I'm in bed, but not my bed. I am on a vacation. Summer vacation. That's not a song. What if, how easy would it be to write like a Frank Sinatra kind of tune? Like a summer wind keeps blowing in from across the sea. So let's do one about summer vacation. <clears throat> summer vacay, walk away and dance with me. It's basically the same song. I can't, sorry. <laughs> Don't get upset that the cranky friend you've come to know goes on a vacation. It's I'm still working. I still have an assignment I have to finish. I sat on my sun deck out with my computer. But you can hear the sounds of summer. I don't know if you can. I'm 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 gonna open I'm gonna open the door. Hang on, just so you can hear it because it'll add ambiance to this today's episode, which is about summer vacation, summertime. Hang on, I can't open the door. Can you hear it? 
I'm not sure what you can hear. But just in case it's distracting, I'm going to shut the door. Okay. Summer. Let the mirror go round. I hate the cars. Can I? I hate the cars. I don't like the sound of, uh, is Rico Kasich the singer? I don't like the sound of his voice. I don't like the music. I don't like anything about them. I know they're technically probably good. And oh my God, I don't like the car. I just don't, you know, when you're not even trying to not like something, it just disagrees with you. Like, like the way I feel about coconut. And I know I love coconut. I put it in. Oh, you have to try my mother's father's coconut. That's a really, he did it with, he, in World War II, they had a secret recipe. I know. I'm sure everything that you like, you love for a reason. I don't like coconut. I don't like the cars. They both make me want to spit. And I think my hatred of the cars maybe started in sixth grade when we had the creepy gym teacher. Now, I try to protect people's names, but this guy was a creep, Mr. Everbeck. This is how different people listening who are under the age of 25 how different the world was back then. <laughs> Anytime you hear someone complaining, oh, it's so politically correct now, be, be grateful. Mr. Everbeck lived in a trailer in the parking lot of the school, and he was the gym teacher. Doesn't that just, there's no way you're not a creep. There's no way you're not a creep. There's no way. And it wasn't even like a huge, I mean, it was like um, a small trailer. It wasn't even... It had a second floor with like that bed that sleeps over the, t- it wasn't a, a huge thing. It was like, like a trailer, like a, like nothing, no car attached to it. Like he had no intention of moving this. It wasn't like, Oh, sorry. I just quick went cross country and I have to come back to work. Can I park this here for infinity? No, it was like, I live in a trailer. What are you going to do about it? Principal, whoever the principal was. And he was a creep. And I think this is why I've always thought guys were gross that had super veiny arms because he had super veiny arms, like they stuck out. <clears throat> he was probably my age back then, but he seemed that indefinite creep age where you know he's not your age and you know he might not be your dad's age, but he's just so creepy, he's ageless. So he would make, he loved in... um gym class, nice voice. What is happening? He loved in gym class for us to do the girls to do like cartwheels and stuff. And I can't do a cartwheel. I basically look like a crab on the floor. I put one hand down and then don't kick my legs in the air. <laughs> I'm never going to learn how to do a cartwheel before I get to Mr. Everbeck. I just want to, well, no, I'll get, I'll get back to cartwheels in the summer. <clears throat> Mr. Everbeck would Tell the girls, we didn't have gym uniforms. Like I never understood when I see movies about high school where people had uniforms and they had to take a shower. We didn't do that. We would just put on sweatpants and, you know, go to class and then just, I guess, sit and be sweaty. Like no one ever took a shower. I don't even know if there was running water in the bathrooms. But he would tell the girls to wear short shorts and then he would make us do cartwheels to car songs. And that was gym class. And he would let the boys go outside and like play ball. He was like, boys, get out of here. Girls, come on. (laughs) You guys need to learn upper body strength. He loved making us do the ropes and pull-ups, chin-ups. And this is sixth grade, so my body had not developed yet. Um, I forget what I've talked about, the various stages of my puberty that didn't happen until very late in life, but it wasn't me he was into. He liked this girl. I won't use her real name. Um, He liked this girl, Melinda... uh, 
Rasburn, let's say her name was, he liked her a lot because she had really, really, really big boobs. And you know when like big boobs just don't look right on someone in the sixth grade? Like you feel like your boobs shouldn't be that big at a certain reading level, you know? I don't understand how people can be attracted to that. Like are guys that creepy that it's just like, they're boobs. I know, but it's on someone who doesn't even know algebra yet. Boobs. Okay, but sir, again, th this person hasn't even, you know, they're not even in high school yet. They, they, they've never taken calculus. Boobs. So he loved, uh, I already forget her fake name, Melinda and her fake boobs. And he, um, I mean, not fake boobs, <laughs> her big boobs. And so she fell doing something on some balance beam. Now, I didn't like this girl, by the way. This was one of the popular girls that tormented me during a specific one-year period of my life, which was sixth grade. It was the only time girls were mean to me. The rest of my life, everyone just fucked off and minded their own business. But um, she was a little bit mean to me because... Oh, she's the one whose house I got kicked out of that had the slumber party. Did I ever tell this story? I've told it on one of my comedy albums, but I basically made a huge mistake at a slumber party. I think I wrote about it in my book too. I'm not going to repeat it, but she pretended she was sick and I had to go home. Anyway. Oh my God. I think there's a toddler staying above me in this hotel because it's banging like crazy above me and it's not sex banging. Oh my God. There's like five children staying above me. Well, at least they'll be asleep uh, soon, I hope. The beach tires people up. Anyway. Well, oh, so she, she kicked me out of her slumber party. I had no reason to be nice to her, but she fell and she was sitting there um, on the ground crying because her ankle hurt. And Mr. Everbeck came over, put his arm around her and said, do you want me to... She said, I need to see the nurse, but she couldn't really walk. And he goes, do you need me to take you back to the locker room and help you get dressed? And she just looked horrified. And then he kind of was like, I'll be right back. And I was like, Melinda, he can't talk to you that way. And she was like, shut up. And I'm like, don't go to the, don't go to the dressing room with him. And she's like, shut up. And I ran down the hall and got the nurse and told her what the teacher said. And then. Melinda was mad at me. That was, I was a rabble rouser for the, for the, for justice, right? Little, um, scout from To Kill a Mockingbird, little feminist 11 year old. You're not going to talk to women that way, you pig. You know, even if it was a girl that was mean to me, that's it. Sisterhood. When I have boobs someday, I don't want some creep telling me to show them to him in a locker room that doesn't even have running water. So, um, but Melinda, uh, denied that he said that. And, um, it just kind of went away. That's what happened back then. They're like, well, if the gym teacher that lives in the parking lot in a trailer says he didn't say something weird about someone's boobs, then we got to believe him. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I don't like the cars. And I also can't do cartwheels. So summertime, oh, what does it remind us of? I always loved summertime because I was always a busy kid. I took dance lessons, piano. I did well in school. Summer, there were no lessons. There was no school. I just did nothing. I got up. The windows were open in our house. It was very breezy. We lived literally on a golf course on the fourth floor. Fourth floor. Oh my God, I can't speak. 
on the fourth hole of a golf course. Sure, balls broke through our windows, absolutely. And it was just a nice feeling. I mean, I had the biggest backyard in the town. And I would just watch game shows, you know? And then I would go down to the putting green and I'd practice my putting and the golf club members would be like, hey, Jennifer. And then my dad, the greenskeeper, would take me into the kitchen where John Alberto, the cook, would say, you want some ice cream, Jennifer? And I would hide behind my dad's leg pretending like, no, I just came in here. What? I, my whole thing was, of course I want the free ice cream, but I don't want it to seem like I wanted the free ice cream, which has been a problem throughout my whole life. Then you don't get what you want, then you're mad at everybody. But eventually, you know, John Alberto was a good guy. He knew she wants the ice cream. I'm just going to give it to her. So he gave me the ice cream and I would sit there, have my Shirley Temple, sit at the bar. My dad, oh, that rest in peace, John Alberto. He always had a case of beer, you know, just a good old, uh, what do you call not sous chef? That's too fancy. Griddle chef from the eighties at a, at a country club, you know, not a fancy country club, a golf club, a real, just burgers and fries golf club, just John Alberto and his wife and their cans of beer. And he looked like sort of the poor man's Tom Selleck. He just had that awesome greasy look to him. And I swear my dad denies this, but I swear one time on Thanksgiving, he said, you know, if men, if it's ever, if it, if I was ever gay, I think John Alberto would be my boyfriend. And we're like, what? Like, we weren't even talking about who's gay and who isn't. We're just at Thanksgiving. And he just blurted it out. He's a real good guy. My mother, Ronnie, he drank too much. Oh, Joanne, he was still a good guy. So now I always tease my dad. When you die, you can be gay in heaven with John Alberto. And I didn't say that, Jennifer. You misunderstood. But he still won't tell me what he said. Anyway, I loved summer. I wasn't one of these kids who went to camp. My parents, I think they were like, what? I think they maybe wanted me around, you know, or maybe it was too expensive or something. But I had so much structure during the school year that summer to me was the ultimate freedom. And one of my favorite things about summer too was, so living on this golf course, there was the golf club, which was, you know, about a, a few hundred yards from my bedroom window. Every Friday and Saturday night, there was a wedding of some kind all summer. And so, you know, I'm a little kid. I'd go to bed at what, like nine, 10 at the most, at the latest, I think. And I would hear till one in the morning, celebrate good times, come on. And then you, then the DJ goes right into like, oh, freak out, le chic, say freak, say freak, whatever. You can Google these songs, kids. Wonderful disco numbers. And I would just look, I would hear, like you could hear ambient noise of people talking and glasses clinking and faint sounds of disco and, you know, just BG songs. And if I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby. I know that's not the BGs. And um, I would just be sitting there looking out the window, smelling the summer air going, when I'm a grown up, I'm going to that Mecca with, I want to hold a glass that clinks and I want to dance to these songs. And now, as I've told you in the last episode, they don't make music like that anymore for you to dance to. Now it's all air raid signals. But it just was, it was a wonderful time. And I had friends, obviously. We'd go to the public pool, Rosemary Pool in Massachusetts, Needham, Massachusetts. These people I knew that grew up in California, everyone had a pool out here. They're, you don't know the joy of the public pool. I know it seems gross to you, but it really wasn't. Like you, you go, imagine, you know, 
you're in sixth grade and your mom drops you off at the pool and she doesn't know what you're doing and you can change into a camouflage t-shirt that you secretly bought because you're going through like the beginnings of a punk phase. It starts with camouflage when you really aren't sure what punk is, but you want to look tough. So Meredith and I, my best friend, Meredith Kench, um, we would go to the pool, change into our clothes there. We had our, we'd bring our boom box with us and we play brass monkey by the beastie boys and think we were fucking bad asses. And there'd be other people there with their little kids. And we're like, yeah, brass monkey motherfuckers. We're not turning it down. And then there was adult swim time, you know, Adult, imagine that nowadays be like the children have to swim all the time. Adult, the children are most important. You horrible adults that want some time for yourselves without getting splashed or having a poo poo in your face. Adult swim. I've never heard of such a thing. What is this? The coked up eighties where everyone's just all about themselves. It's all about the children. They'll have a mental disorder if they're not allowed to be told yes every five seconds and swim in the pool. Adult swim was when grownups got to swim for half an hour. And that was really fun. Like as a budding teenager, you get thought of as an adult and you get to be in the pool with, you know, your friends and boys and there's not kids splashing. It was a wonderful time, the public pool. So that's what I did with a lot of my time. And I also dorked out and got 20 books at the library and read. Yeah, I was smart and into pools. Kind of like the way I bring a laptop on my little retreat here. What are you doing? Where? Don't worry about what I'm doing or where I am. It's undisclosed location and circumstances not to be revealed. My private time. What was my point about summer vacation? So it's summertime. I don't know. I don't even, I think, I think people are out of school. I don't know what's happening. I know July 4th is coming up. I think this drops the day before July 4th. What are you doing for the 4th? I don't know. I have two weeks off of vacation. So why is the fourth some special day? I don't know. Barbecuing. You know, I can eat something grilled anytime I want and I don't eat meat. So people go, what do you do on July 4th if you don't eat meat? Well, since I don't want to eat meat, I'm upset. I'm not like, oh my God, I wish I could eat a hamburger. You know, you throw a veggie burger on the grill. Everyone makes fun of you and then calls you preachy. And you're like, okay, I was just sitting here. I'm not really that big into July 4th. I don't like fireworks. I don't like things that explode generally, like guns, cannons. Yeah, not my thing. But they're so pretty. I've seen fireworks. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. Anyway, I don't know what I'm doing on the 4th. I don't think I'll do anything special. I know what I won't do is get pressured. Get pressured into doing something because it's a holiday. I have every day to do fun things with people. I might stay inside, crank the AC and watch some documentaries. That's what I might do on the fourth. Cause I don't like barbecuing and I don't like small talk and everyone has kids now. So everywhere I go, it's like, let's have an afternoon party for the kids. Oh, that sounds fun. And then what for the adults? What do we do for them? Send them home the minute it gets dark. Yeah. Why is that bad? Yes. That's awful. That's a terrible party. Anyway, but I remember this one pivotal summer vacation. It was eighth grade when, again, I thought I was becoming a punk. It was my best friend, Meredith, had given me Sinead O'Connor, The Lion and the Cobra, right? We were listening to that tape. That's right. Tape. Cassette. And Meredith said to me, you know what punk rockers wear? They wear camouflage. And they put safety pins in it. And I was like, wow, Okay. Oh, hang on one sec. I'm getting a text message. Oh my God. 
Um, sorry, you guys, I don't know how to pause and edit. No, I am all set. Okay. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Sorry about that, you guys. Sorry. So Meredith was telling me what punk rockers do and she's like, it's all about like army wear. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she showed me some pictures of punks in England. I don't know where she got them. you know, like Mohawk and stuff. And I was like, wow. And she was like this, we have to stop listening to Debbie Gibson and get into this. And I was like, okay. And Sinead O'Connor was in punk rock, but it was different. Right. So I was like, I love this. I love, you know, and her mom was really, really strict. So my mom loved Meredith's mom. My mom loved me going over there because they couldn't even like in my family, you just open the fridge and eat whatever, whenever. Luckily I had a good metabolism growing up. I was so thin as a kid. They thought I had leukemia. (laughs) I had to get all these tests. I mean, where does that metabolism go? I know I'm not a huge thing anymore, but I definitely can't eat a tub of ice cream and then not notice it. (sighs) Anyway. So Meredith's parents were really strict. You had to be like, mom, can I have some, a snack? And then she'd be like, yes. And you can only have celery. And I was like, what the fuck kind of oppression is this, you know? But so my mom loved me to go over there because she knew no one's going to be doing drugs. No one's going to be drinking. Mom's going to be home. It's very strict. But Meredith was allowed to dress however she wanted because her mom was kind of like a seamstress, artsy, craftsy type person. So that was like the one rebellion that we did together is like her mom wouldn't care what I was wearing and she'd drive us somewhere like the pool and we'd be all, you know, what we thought punk rocked out, which probably now looks just like something at, at Urban Outfitters. So, and then Meredith started hanging out with different kinds of boys and they were like kind of tough, you know, like guys always have like magic marker on their fingers because they're like doing graffiti. And I was like, wow. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call and I had to go away for two weeks. Now, two weeks is not a long time. When you think about you have eight weeks of summer, but it's a long time when you're 12. No, I think I was 14. Sorry, I was 14 because I'm confusing two summers. So there was the summer when I was 12 where I was just on the precipice of something new and I had to go away with this girl, Jenny. And then the last time I went away with her was when I was 14 when I just absolutely couldn't stand it anymore. But it doesn't matter. All the years are a blur, but here's the point. I started, there was a a dorky girl I went to school with in the sixth grade named Jenny. Now, even though the popular girls made fun of me, it was because I did weird stuff and called attention to myself. And they were like, what is that? 
Jenny didn't do anything weird. She was a lovely girl who just, God forgot to finish. You know, she, her nails never grew. She had these stub fingers, her nose. She was always on um, her eyes. She was legally blind and she had these glasses that kind of magnified her eyes from the outside. And she was a cutie and a sweetie, but she just was a little bit off. And people were mean to her and ignored her. And I, I don't like when people are mean to other people. It makes me sick. It just makes me sick. Bullying and people who make fun of other people for things they really can't help. I can take it. I'm, I'm a tough kid. You can make fun of me. If I come to your slumber party dressed weird, I can take it. But Jenny can't take it. And people like Jenny can't take it. They actually look weird and they are different. And she had to put her book right up to her face because she couldn't see. And she kind of snorted when she laughed. How fucking dare anybody make fun of a girl like that? What the fuck kind of monster are you? What parents did you have where you just sit around thinking, hey, you know what a good thing to do is make fun of someone's deformities or inabilities or mishaps? You sick little pig fuck young girls, you know, they only do it because they're insecure. Fuck you. I was insecure. I wasn't mean to anybody. Anyway, you can play that for your kids if you want to teach them not to bully. Cause I know most parents don't even know their kids are bullies. Cause you're the bullies, you stupid parents. Anyway. So people were being mean to Jenny one time at, <clears throat> at a locker and I, I got pissed. And that's when my Boston comes out, even though it's only from the suburbs of Boston, it wasn't in Southie with Matt Damon and other people who pretend they're from there. But I went up to someone, I slammed the locker shut. I go, you're going to leave Jenny alone. All right. Or are you going to have to deal with me? I don't think it scared anybody, but it at least annoyed them that they're like, all right, let's get out of here. And then Jenny's dad called my mom and said, your daughter is very Christ-like. Now, I don't remember a part in the Bible where Jesus put on a fake Boston accent and slammed a locker, but maybe he was thinking of the story where he knocks over everything in the temple and is like, stop selling shit here. Anyway. So the dad wanted to reward me because Jenny and I were starting to grow apart. You know, we used to hang out a lot. She was, she would let me have all of her Lisa Frank stickers. She was just that nice. So my mom was like, um, Jenny's father says you're Christ-like and they want to take you on a trip. Now I was allowed to go out with Jenny because her dad was a minister. So no funny business is happening there. Right. I'm like, I don't want to go away with Jenny. Oh my God. I don't want to go away with the minister's daughter. And it's not like in a porn, this girl wasn't, you know, causing trouble. She was, she was like a minister's wife more. So they take me away to Maine, to this secluded cabin where there's no electricity or running water. <laughs> That's how they did a retreat every uh, summer for two weeks to kind of get back to God and, you know, be grateful for all the electricity and water you have back home. And, you know, I used to go to dinner at their house sometimes and I'd come home and be like, mom, they say grace before every meal. How come we don't? And my mom would say, God doesn't need to know you're thankful for every shit and fat. Don't bother God. So I went away with them and we would drive up. And at this point, I mean, I just think I am like a badass. you know, I got a safety pin in my shirt for no reason. It's not even holding anything together. It's just there daring you to say something. And we're driving up in Jenny's dad's Oldsmobile with the mom. And she's like, let's stop at the craft barn. <sighs> I've always hated crafts. I'm not good. I had to make a model of an Indian reservation 
in fifth grade and I waited to the last minute and I put a bunch of dirt, I put Elmer's glue on a piece of cardboard, threw dirt on it and glued broccoli to it. It was like, this is a plantation. I think I put some old Lego people on it. And they're like, what does this represent? I'm like, it represents, what do you want? The real answer represents the complete inability of me to do anything creative with my hands. But it's supposed to be the Indians greeting the pilgrims. Don't get mad at me because I put Legos and broccoli on glue. You're feeding me some bag of horse shit about what happened when the pilgrims got here. Anyway. So she's like, let's go to the craft barn. So we get to the barn and we buy pipe cleaner or whatever. I still don't even know what you use it for in real life. Don't email me. You use it to clean pipes. And she loved these googly eyes. She thought they were so funny that you stick on and stick on what? I don't know. We just got all kinds of crafts. Even the word crafts makes me sick to this day. I'm just like, oh, because we, that's all you could do, you know? So then we get to the, the place and we, she loved to make paper airplanes and throw them up into these uh, beams in the kitchen to, so that we could find them years later or somebody would. And I actually think that's kind of cool. So she wrote, I will love Kirk Cameron forever on one and threw it up into the rafters. I wrote, I will love Boner forever and threw it up. That's who I had a crush on on Growing Pains Boner. And then later in life, um, met him through some friends. He's a, a, the brother of a friend of mine and um, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. This is awful and went to a really sad place. But anyway, I threw that into the rafters. So... Uh, and she would be like, oh my God, I hope my mom doesn't see it. I'm like, you can't say it. I'm in love with Kirk Cameron. I mean, look at, look how that turned out, by the way. That guy with his Jesus is going to take us away rapture shit. I mean, God, they would have been a good couple. So every night we would sit there and that was the year I became a vegetarian. And Jenny's dad was sitting there at the table and I took the hamburger out of my bun and I just had cheese on bread and I was fine with it. I, I wasn't going to be bossy. And he said, you're not eating meat. And I said, no. And he said, but the Lord provided the cows for us to eat. And I went, yeah, but I don't want to eat it. And he was very upset. And he kind of did that thing that was like, I can't make you do this, but think about it. And my parents never treated me that way. If they didn't want me to do something, they're like, you're not fucking doing that. <laughs> so there was never this like moral dilemma you choose. I was like, okay, um, I won't do it, but I'll feel awful all week. And then we had to shower in the lake and Jenny and I would go in in our bathing suits and use biodegradable soap. And then there were these boys that moved in next door and they were like, I mean, they were kind of cute, I think. And, uh, I wasn't a terrible looking kid at that point. I wasn't great, but they were like, let's play capture the flag tonight. And I was like, okay. And Jenny was like kind of naive. And so we're playing capture the flag. And then at one point I see one of the boys tell her that the game is over and he and another boy take her into the woods. And I'm like, I don't think something's up. So I walk by and Jenny's like, go away, Jen. Like she's trying to be seductive with them because see, Jenny had this weird streak, like all kids do when it comes to boys, all girls do. Even though she was nice and gave me all her stickers, she was cutthroat. If she liked a boy, she would shove me out of the way. So both the boys, you know, the one I liked and the one she liked were there. And she's like, go away. And I was like, I know this sounds like something dark's happening. Nobody got, got assaulted, but I think they were just teasing her and like messing with her and just saying like, take off your glasses and, and let us like walk you through the woods and like, trust us and like that kind of stuff. 
And so I broke that whole party up. I guess my point is... (laughs) I must have been some weird vigilante between age 11 and 14 where if you're acting like a creep to someone, I will stop you. But Jenny was pissed at me and we went back to our room and she was crying and she was like, you're mean. And I had to be like, those boys were not being nice to you, Jenny. And she didn't understand. And then it was like this crying and her mother had to come in and be like, what's happening, girls? And we were leaving the next day anyway. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On the drive home, I got this lecture that I had changed ever since I started dressing differently. And I was dyeing my hair black in the lake too, because I was like, my mom won't know it was like the kind that washed out instantly. So I would like dye it. And then, you know, have I knew it by the time that I got back to my parents' house, they wouldn't see it. And they were like, you've changed ever since you started wearing black and dyeing your hair and putting safety pins and things, not eating meat. And I'm like, I just saved your daughter from being lost in the woods by two like weird, like terrible jock characters from a John Hughes movie. Like they just saw the good in everybody and I didn't. And I'm glad that I wasn't raised that religious because that'll fuck you up. If you don't have any kind of cynicism where you're just like, everyone's God's child. No, some people are Satan's child. Some people are absolutely Satan. Satan. Why did I say that? So I don't know what the point of this episode was. (laughs) I think to just talk about what I used to do in the summer. I think in my mind that story had more weight. Oh, and I came back and this guy I like had kissed one of my best friends. Every girl was my best friend. And he didn't know I liked him and she didn't know I liked him. So it was okay. But I was like, oh my God, like I'm meant for him. I like musicals too. She doesn't get him. He doesn't like Depeche Mode. She does. But I like musicals and so does he and we should be together. I mean, so I came back to a world of heartbreak. But then my best friend and that guy broke up like a week later. (sighs) And then I made out with him two years later after I graduated from college. No, I mean, sorry, after I graduated from high school. The year, the summer before high school and and, uh, college. He and I actually did a local musical together, this guy, and he was a little older than me. And my parents did not want him to take me out one summer night. And I said, we're going to go bowling and have pizza. And they're like, but I was 17 and like about to leave for college. They knew they couldn't stop me from going out with this guy. And this guy was super innocent, but we ended up going back to his house and watching a Woody Allen movie, Sleeper, which I'm sorry, I find it to be a sleeper. And it's not my favorite one. It's not my favorite one. And he and I kissed a little bit, but I was never going to let him get far. I was, uh, he was, he pulled something cheesy that night and it made me sick. We went to uh, the golf course and walked around on it 
And I was like, oh, we got to get out of here before my dad sees me. And he's like, I want to show you something. And he shows me this willow tree that I have known my whole life. It's always been in my backyard. And he's like, I come here and sit sometimes. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. I would know if you did. I would see it out my window. My dad would have caught you by now. He goes, and I just think, you know, because you know, the willow tree is like a weeping willow. And I just think like, why is it so wrong to weep? And I'm like, what? And it was just like so over the top actor cheesy that I was like, oh God, like maybe I don't like guys who like musicals. And that's not like a gay implication. I had a gay best friend who did musicals who also listened to Steve Vai and was like a super into shredding. But this guy was like musical and poetry and just sensitive. And it, it was overwhelming to me to say the least. I was like, I don't think like my idea of total fun is like you almost bringing yourself to tears under a willow tree. No offense. That's why I missed this one guy, Luke, that I dated for a second, but whoa, he was a player. He had sex with the girls and I was too young for that. I was only 15 when we went out once. Whoa, I did not let him do anything with me, but I knew he wanted to take me out and we were driving in his truck and he said, let's stop and look at the moon. We're a little cheesy, but it was a nice moon. And then he put again, a cassette of D light into the truck and we danced around to like the whole album. That was fun. But I was like, sorry to waste your time, buddy. I'm in it for the dancing. I am not having sex with you. I'm 15. I don't even, wouldn't even know how. But that was another summertime memory. Well, now we're just going memory by memory and this is making no sense. I'm going to admit I'm a little distracted because I saved the recording of this to the last second. Then I took myself on vacation <laughs> and I want to go eat. I'm sorry. This is going to be a short one for the holidays. This is going to be a short one. I'm going to make it up to you guys, but I, I think there's some good quality stuff in there. You know, should I sing you a song? What's a good one? That's about summer. Good. Oh, people hate the Beach Boys, don't they? I love the Beach Boys. My favorite Beach Boys song is Barbara Ann. Now, I used to call Oldies 103 in Boston all the time and request it. Because my favorite part of Barbara, Barbara Ann is when they're like, ba, 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 Barbara. No, wait. And then it goes, try Peggy Sue, try Peggy Lou, try Venu, but I knew I wouldn't do Barbara. And they're all saying it differently at different times and like laughing. And you can tell that something is going on in that recording studio. Like they are like messed up. And I remember thinking, I've never heard anyone break in the middle of a song and start laughing and everyone screwed up and they didn't like take it over. Like they released that song that way. And I remember thinking to myself, whatever that kind of fun those grownups are having, I want to do that for a living. Whatever that, I don't know why I didn't just think, why don't I be in a beach band? But I thought whatever that kind of thing is where it's okay to laugh and like make things up and be stupid, that's what I want to do for a living. That's the answer I should give people when they ask, why'd you get into comedy? And I was like, I watched Roseanne. That's not even true. I mean, I did, but I didn't think of her as a stand-up. I just thought it was a show. But it was that specific vibe of Barbara Ann that I was like, these adults seem different than the grownups I see that, you know, the parents, the Mr. Oh, I almost said his name, the minister and Meredith's parents, you know, these people are different. They're like laughing and screaming in this place and recording a fun song. That's what I want to do for a living. I guess comedy is like the closest thing to that where you just kind of don't really grow up in a way like you do, but your work is not grown up. So you have some relief, like you have real life, which is way too grown up. But then your job is the relief. That's, that's the opposite, I think, of most people. So as long as you have to have a job, why not have that be the relief since you spend so much time at it? Hey, I just figured out something very important. 